Welcome to Bring on the Mess, a show where we have real conversations about how to embrace life's messiness and how we find ways to show up and uncover our true selves. I'm Beth Ann Dorman, the CEO at For All Seasons. And I'm Lisa Lee, the Chief Clinical Officer here at For All Seasons. Well, happy Bring on the Mess Day. <laughs> it's Friday, folks, and we are recording a little bit ahead. You guys are hearing this on Sunday, but it's Friday for us, so we are about to head into our holiday weekend, and so we're glad that you are joining us. And we are going to talk today about conflict, because that is such a fun topic. <laughs> because it's unavoidable. Right. We all have conflict in different parts of our life, and so let's have a conversation about it. Absolutely. When we think about the conflict being unavoidable, we all experience it, and how we move through conflict can sometimes make all the difference in the world. And so while there's common conflict, there's also a little bit of heightened anxiety in conflict. There could be yelling in conflict. There could just be dead silence in conflict. So it shows up in all different ways in our lives. And so let's talk a little bit about why it's important to manage it. Well, one part I believe that's important is if we're having conflict, there's usually another person involved. Well, actually, I don't know. I, I, I have conflict have with internal, myself. <laughs> we can't have an internal conflict now that I say that out loud. So let's focus first on the fact that we might be having conflict with somebody else and we can't control other people. Mm-hmm. And so we've got to figure out what are we going to do in situations, whether it's at our personal lives, with friends, with partners, with our kids. If it's at school, if it's at work, if it's even at the grocery store, yeah, how do we handle conflict right with other people? That conflict, it can sneak up on you. It can be something that sort of brews. There can be lots of thought that goes into it, or it can sort of catch you off guard. Right, right. And so let's talk about harboring anger and judgment. That can feel really heavy if we're having conflict and we have been hooked by an emotion or something and we're replaying the story in our head over and over and we're holding on to anger, judgment, resentment. Mm-hmm. And I believe for when I'm sitting here and thinking about conflict, whether it's a small one or a large one, more times than not for me, it's about an expectation mm. that I either have created in my mind for myself or for someone else and what comes to mind for me is that I believe most times conflict comes from a misalignment of expectations. Mm -hmm. So if I am expecting something of someone, but I haven't put out my expectation, they inevitably can fall short. So then I get upset, angry, insert whatever emotion we want to put in there. Or I have an expectation for myself and I didn't follow through on what that expectation was for me internally. Right. And I believe when we're putting those expectations out and actually we aren't putting those expectations out we think that we've done that and we think that the other person knows that and then they don't do what we think or something changes we become upset so i believe that one of the first things that we need to do is check in Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. was i clear about what my expectation or what i was hoping to get out of this situation from right Right. yeah so like if we think about there was a an opportunity where 
my kids had the choice whether or not they were going to participate in an activity. And it caused a big conflict because they didn't want to and I wanted them to. And so I also think along those lines, that check-in helps you know if the item that you're arguing over is your agenda or someone else's agenda. And that statement that I love that we are raising children, not raising the process. And so sometimes when we think about conflict, sometimes we also have to look at ourselves and decide whether or not that conflict is one we want to dig in on Mm -hmm. or whether we want to let it pass by because where conflict also tends to show up is when we believe that someone should be doing something different and they are not. And that check-in allows us to decide, is this my agenda or is this that person's agenda? And how we check in is also very important mm-hmm. because if we check in going guns a blazing <laughs> and assuming the worst, right. then it tends, at least in my experience, I can't speak for anyone else, but it, it tends in my experience to cause more upheaval. Mm-hmm. And so one of two things tends to happen with people I'm interacting with. One is that they are either going to shut down because holy cow, there's a guns a blazing coming at me, or they're gonna rise right with me in this conflict and then there's like a bigger problem than I think originally has hatched. So then if they come at me, I come back at them and it becomes even like more of a mess. Yeah, as you're talking, I think about Brene Brown's um, statement that I just adore, which is I never have regretted a time when I took a time out, but mm-hmm. I've always regretted it when I haven't. Right. And that to me is such a powerful statement because as you're talking about this sort of, if I come in guns a blazing and somebody else comes in guns a blazing, there inevitably becomes the war versus the, hang on, let me take a breath for a second. Let's really figure out what we need to discuss. And this part of the conversation is not going to be helpful. I, I like you. I learned that through the years of doing therapy, but definitely, I mean, both of my kids are so different. One will kind of just sit back and kind of take in a little bit more. The other will go guns a blazing with me. And so when you talk about that, I start to think about, well, neither of us are regulated. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in those situations, we're not going to solve a problem because we're not in the strongest part of our brain, our thinking brain. Mm -hmm. And so, yes, I too love that from Brene, which is to sit back and take a time out so that you can get yourself regulated and then be able to process the situation in a better way. And how many times in conflict when we are at, like if you think about the scale of like zero, five to 10, so your best decisions are made when you're at a zero. At five, eh, it's an okay time to make a decision, but you're not as in your thinking brain, like you say, as you are at a zero. The worst time to make a decision is when we're at a 10. And the 10 is like, you are guns a blazing, it's a full on war. And how many times do we make decisions mm-hmm. at that place in conflict and look back and say, if I could rewind it, I would do it differently? Here's how it usually goes for me if I go at a 10. You're off of electronics for the rest of your life. Right. <laughs> and that's really not a good solution. So there is something about being able to pull back to think logically mm-hmm and be able to come up with a solution together. And part of it is also about having conversations when you're out of conflict Mm -hmm. to be able to figure out how you want to work through conflict when it arises, right? So if I've had an argument with anybody in my life, my husband, a friend, my children, it's really important to circle back 
mm-hmm. and say, like, what do we want this to look like? And practice it because we talk about practice all the time. So if we don't practice what that looks like, I think back to even last night, I was exhausted. The kids only have a half a day today. And so my kids were like, mom, can we stay up late? And I said, sure. But then late became extra late and I was tired and I still have to get up on time. (laughs) And I finally said to my son last night, please go brush your teeth. And it was like the third time. And what does he say to me? Mom, while I'm gone, could you find your center? Because that's what I say to him all the time. (laughs) And I thought, okay, fine. You've called me out on it. So we've practiced enough in our house that Mm -hmm. rather than going to a place of arguing, we hold each other accountable. And those are the moments where the conflict can shift in one direction or another. Because if he barked back at me, I would have barked higher. Right. And so I think that's just one of those areas where if we can circle back to it when we're out of conflict, when we're in conflict with someone, it has the chance to be different. Well, and something you pointed out is really important, which is when our threshold for managing situations is down, we're hungry, we're tired, we tend to react more. And it's great that people can hold us accountable and you have practiced the skill enough Mm -hmm. to be able to kind of step back and say, okay, find your center and then be able to do something different. Practice though is absolutely the key. Mm -hmm. This isn't a skill that you just snap your fingers and all of a sudden you get. This is years and years of work and getting it wrong. Mm -hmm. And being able to sit in a place and know that you're in the wrong when, when that moment takes place. Because I can with my kids now, and this really was established during COVID when I was not at my best mommy moments, (laughs) working from home, schooling from home. I'm in a place where most times, not all the time, because I still get it wrong, let's be clear, but there are most times where I can sit back and sort of chuckle at myself and be like, haha, you created the monster that's telling you to find your center, so let's come along for that ride. But there's also moments where I I don't want to hear that. Right. And I have to take responsibility for those moments when I don't respond well. Right. And that can be hard. Well, owning your stuff is really important. And interestingly enough, this morning we had an experience with that. And my youngest son did something. And then I was just sitting in my sort of like meditation moment. (laughs) And he comes in and says, okay, mom, here's what I own. Again, because that's something that we practice. Mm -hmm. We don't always do it. We don't always get it right but it's a start and it's a really important skill to be able to say, here's what I own Mm -hmm. in this problem. And I will tell you in conflict management, that goes a long way. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting here uh, picturing everyone out listening to us. (laughs) And I want to just be really clear, we are not perfect parents and we do not have perfect children. (laughs) Because as you're saying that, I'm picturing your kids walking in and being like, this is what I own. And the rest of you must be like, what the heck goes on in these houses? (laughs) So these are examples of where it works. We could give you a litany of examples where it doesn't work. So just want to put that out there that this is is not only an opportunity for us to share the successes, but Mm -hmm. also what we can own is that there's many days where it doesn't work. Well, the word that comes to mind is epic failures, (laughs) which are opportunities to learn. And absolutely, and I appreciate you saying that because... 
we've been doing this for a long time and we get it wrong a lot of times too. Whether as leaders at the agency, mm -hmm. we get it wrong, whether it is with our families, our friends, with each other. We just have tools that we're putting in our tool belt that we want to share out with you mm -hmm. to be able to say, here's some things that you could do. So taking ownership in conflict is huge and goes a long way. Right. You know, being able to calm your systems and systemize safe body and brain enough so that you can circle back and or go back into the situation because you might need a timeout. These are all skills, again, that have to be practiced. And the more that you practice it, the better it will be. Mm -hmm. Not perfect, because perfection is not what we're striving for. Perfection is for the outside world. Healthy I don't want to be perfect. Right. That's too, it's much too much pressure. pressure. Too much pressure. Yeah. Healthy <laughs> striving is what we're looking for, for our friends, our worker, co-workers, or our children, if you have them, or grandchildren, mm -hmm. or nieces, nephews. It's about healthy striving, and conflict is a big thing, a big part of our lives. And as you're talking about the healthy striving, what comes to mind for me is that you can't find healthy striving, and you can't find some of what we are talking about if there's not trust. Right. And so we know that trust is built in small moments. It's also broken in small moments. And so as we're talking through conflict, you may have a situation that comes to mind as we're talking and thinking, but I don't trust that person enough to put myself out there in a vulnerable way and say, what could this look like next time? And so maybe the work is not in the conflict resolution right now. Maybe the work is your first step is just starting to build trust in small moments to get to a place where the conflicts can look different. And so understanding that this is also conflict management is also a process and we need to have a foundation of A, comfort, B, vulnerability, C, trust in order for some of these things to take place. And what comes to mind when you're talking about that is what we started with, which is managing expectations. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to just talk out loud with this, but my my thought is, when I'm thinking about managing expectations, there might be somebody who can only go so far mm -hmm. in being able to hear if you're setting boundaries or circling back or taking time out. You might be doing everything that's needed because we know relationships can be complicated. And so managing expectations about maybe this person is doing the very best that they can and my boundary is I'm not going to be sharing like, hey, that really hurt when you did that because they have shown a pattern of not being able to say, yeah, gosh, I'm really sorry. I will work on that. Maybe it's constant over and over pushing the blame back to you. So I think that that's really important for us to think about is managing our expectations in relationships too. I have a conversation with my kids all the time about and, and there's four of them and they're from ages 17 to 11 and we talk about capacity people's capacity and mm -hmm. and how to still find ways to show up and it's hard in conflict when you know that someone's capacity isn't where you want it to be because you cannot sometimes you can lead people to new ways of doing things but sometimes i think that's such a great point that you bring up sometimes we just have to readjust our own expectations and not continue to work on trying to adjust someone else's ability. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, 
is where conflict comes up a lot because we want someone to be doing something different, but maybe it is just us that is going to have to readjust and figure out how to show up differently. And so then it goes back to, again, that when I started, so usually conflict starts with two people, but then we kind of giggled because maybe that's the internal conflict Mm -hmm. of, I want something from this person that I can't get. And so the conflict is holding on to an expectation of this person that they're just not capable of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that becomes really important as we think through how we can be talking with those folks in our life about what we need. And so maybe it's just about staying curious. Maybe it's about Mm -hmm. being able to lean into, help me understand why this isn't working for you. We talk about the phrase, help me understand a lot. When we think about conflict, when we think about trying to readjust our expectations or trying to understand someone else's capacity, if we can stay curious and figure out what it is that is a barrier, Mm -hmm. and that phrase, help me understand, doesn't put people sort of at a defense on on the front forefront of what people are asking. So if I said to you, what is wrong with you? Right. That's way different than, Lisa, can you help me understand what just happened? Right. That's an inviting, really open way of trying to have a conversation. It's funny. We use that a lot. And I will also say that when you say it to the two ways, I've done enough work and I know you well enough that I would be kind of a little thrown off. But it would cause me to feel potentially a lot more defensive and to help me understand. But even with the help me understand, I will say that's hard because you're holding me accountable for something. Mm -hmm. And sometimes being held accountable doesn't feel good inside because I know I've messed up or Mm -hmm. I've let you down. So I have to deal with those emotions Mm -hmm. that come up to be able to say, Oh, gosh, yeah. I think I really did blow it, didn't I? Or whatever might come up with that. And those are those shame and judgment moments that Mm -hmm. can be so incredibly powerful in our lives. And maybe we don't recognize it as shame and judgment, but we talk a lot in the community about being seen, heard, and valued. And when someone is seen, heard, and valued, my belief is they show up as their best self. And when you add in shame, when you add in judgment, when you add in anger, one of those components falls off. So that seen, heard, and valued piece, when one of those is missing, I think that's where people show up differently. And I think it is so hard to identify sometimes shame and judgment, but when we think about conflict, if something's not working for someone, there's there's either shame, judgment, anger, disappointment, resentment. There's a million different words that we can add in there for the emotion that it drives up. But those are the pieces where it's important for us to pay attention. So the thought occurs to me two different things. One is you might be the person saying, help me understand. Another one I like is, so the story I'm telling myself about the situation is, because it gives a person an opportunity to say, oh my gosh, no, 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 that's not it at all. So help me understand the story I'm telling myself And then the receiving end, our responsibility on the receiving end would be if we need to take a breath, to hear what's said, recognize our own emotions, say, hey, can we circle back to that? I need a few minutes to kind of get myself together. So we need to be accountable on that other end if we do need time Mm -hmm. from ourselves, for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And as you're saying that, one of the things that I'm also thinking about is when it doesn't go well. 
Mm-hmm. So we can't talk about conflict without also talking about moments where there can't be this resolve and maybe we're not going to find that. We had an experience last week where we were mm-hmm. involved in a conversation where we both, Lisa and I, recognized that the person that we were talking with didn't have the capacity to have the kind of conversation that we believed needed to be had to resolve a situation. And so there may be a course correction that needs to happen because something like Help Me Understand or the story that I'm telling myself would not have moved us forward. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's just about figuring out how to gracefully end a conflict Mm -hmm. and be able to know that that's as far as that person is going to be able to go. Let's move to resolution because that's where I think sometimes when we encounter a situation where it's not going to be a lovely way of saying help me understand or let's resolve this sometimes the story can just keep going it's like the loop just keeps going because it'll just go back and forth a million times Mm -hmm. like do you have those arguments where it's like the same thing just keeps being said repetitively over and over and over so sometimes the best conflict resolution and the way that we can take care of ourselves the best is to say here's the piece that i own I'm sorry that this is how this conversation has happened, but we need to move forward. Let's be able to just simply do that. I'm glad that you brought that up because this is the messy part. Right. Beth Ann said, you know, we're not trying to tell you, we always get it right. And, and this was a really big moment where backing out of the conversation was a boundary. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a weak moment. It was, there was no point to continue the conversation because it wasn't going to continue to solve anything. Right. And I think you said this, is to end the conversation gracefully. Did you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because ending the conversation gracefully is saying, this is just the best that we're gonna do and we can accept Mm -hmm. that this is where it is and we can agree to disagree. Right, and I think that's so important because sometimes when conflict comes up, whether it be in families, whether it be at work, the choice to continue to get stuck in the mud with it Mm -hmm. only lands us in a worse place. And I mean, let's be clear, when that situation happened last week, it didn't mean that Lisa and I walked away resolved. I mean, it was like three hours later when I sent Lisa a text and said, I'm just fuming. And I still had to work through my stuff because I wanted it to be different. Right. But we recognized in the conversation it wasn't going to be. And so there's also, we don't believe in the gossip train and the back channeling and talking about, but we sometimes have to have an accountability partner. And you can't have somebody who's always going to tell you that what you've done is right. You need an accountability partner who's gonna hold you accountable, but be also be able to process through because we each had some thoughts that needed to be processed through of disappointment, that it didn't go differently. And we will be in a fine place to move forward. We will just look at the relationship differently moving forward. Right. So when you said, I have to work through my stuff, Because here's the thing, here's the problem if we don't do that. If we don't recognize we've been hooked and that we're still holding on to something and whether we do that auto ourselves or co with our accountability partner, if we don't work it out, then we work it out on other people Mm -hmm. or situations. Because the last thing that you want to do, in my opinion, and this has taken years and we still get this wrong, is the the pause between making rash decisions based on emotion. Absolutely. Because that could happen. Mm -hmm. How many times do 
you have situations or do we find ourselves in situations on the receiving end or the giving end both sure. where we are responding to someone in a way that isn't fair to them because something else has happened prior to that interaction and we're taking our stuff out on someone else. Right. And so the ability to put that pause in can help us to not dump our stuff elsewhere. And the point that you raise about not working it out on someone else, if we could pause more often, how many times would our conversations look different? Would conflict be avoided? I mean, I do that all the time to my husband. I'll come home and I'll bark about something and it has nothing to do with him. I haven't seen him all day. It just, he's my safe person. And I'll say, I'm so sorry. Like that, that wasn't fair at all, but we don't put the pause in. Mm-hmm. to stop ourselves from doing that sometimes. And I think that's the other part of conflict, that if we can be thinking about all of these things, conflict can show up differently for us. Absolutely. And I know we're coming to that point. I want to reinforce what you said, which is then circling back to say, gosh, I'm so sorry. And that might be five minutes, that might be 10 minutes later. But the circle back to say, you know, I'm really sorry, like there was stuff going on and mm-hmm. I need to resolve that and not take that out on you. That's a really important piece. And Bethany, when you talked about trust is built in small moments, that's part of trust is accountability. Mm -hmm. And that builds the relationship back when you could say, hey, I really blew it. I'm sorry. I had this going on. And again, what what I would invite everyone to think about is if that's happening a lot and you're having to circle back a lot, a lot, a lot to say like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Great. Notice that that's a pattern and that part of what you might just have to work on is the skill of pause and recognizing emotions a little bit more than somebody else. And that's okay. It's just a skill to develop. I am so grateful that you brought that up because I think that piece, that invitation, us paying attention to our own patterns, we giggled at the beginning because we said it was a conflict with another person, but that really does bring it back to when we think about conflict, We have to look internally Mm -hmm. and externally, and both are important. And so as we've given you the invitation to do some of that and pay attention to patterns, thinking about conflict throughout this week may look different for you. And so we invite you to use things like help me understand or the story that I'm telling myself or simply pause or give yourself the space to get it wrong Mm -hmm. and try something new so that we can start to move forward in a different way with expectations and conflict and being able to build trust in small moments along the lines of conflict resolution. Yeah. So we are grateful that you joined us and we will be with you in the next two weeks. It's happy Friday for us. It's happy Sunday for you and we'll see you soon.